Good morning, everyone. And um, what a great day it is. The surfboard, I, I brought along that just not to remind me what I was going to do later, but um, <laughs> that's a pretty ancient surfboard, actually. probably goes back to... Um, gee, I hate to think. I, was, I wasn't 20 anyway. It was before then, so that was a couple of years ago. Are we on? Okay. And I need to put this on too, I, so that works. Um, but I brought it along to remind me, uh, I used to love... We lived down at Lavers Hill, so I spent most of my time, and it was really only a short period of time, between when I left school, I, there was 12 months between when finishing VCE and, and when I uh, went up to, to Dookie, and spent most of that year, if it wasn't shoveling potatoes, uh, shoveling potatoes um, and, and, and surfing. Um, so it's sort of up and down, and we were not that far from the coast. And I remember one particular whole week and I had a friend down there that uh, used to live at Johanna and he'd give us a ring and say, surf's up and, and mum would, we'd all be on the potato harvester and mum would say, oh, off you go. Um, <laughs> and, uh, or she'd be at home and she'd come down because she got the phone message and saying, you've just got to go surfing because there's a phone call for you. Um, so that, that wasn't a bad that wasn't a bad sort of year, and on, in between then, I'd, weekends I'd head down to, head down to um, the other coast, down around Torquay, and um, camp, my, camp in the sand dunes in my panel van. I'd take a few guys with me, and uh, with the condition, if they wanted me to give them a ride down surfing, then they had to go to church on Sunday night before we came home. So I had a few guys that's sort of sitting there, it was in the uh, Church of Christ, and they'd be sitting there thinking, what's all this about, I'd do anything just to go surfing, but this is a bit much. And um, so that was sort of how I filled in that gap year. But I used to sit out the back there at Johanna and uh, this one particular week that I never got a call from John and I, the surf wasn't any good apparently, so I went down there and had a look and I sort of went a kilometre or so down from the main beach and there was nobody there, there was nobody there because the surf wasn't any good, but it was a particular break that just worked all that week. And so sitting out there all on your own, there's sort of kilometres of beach and sea and, um, and you're the only one out there. And it was a really great time to... Sometimes a bit of a shadow would pass underneath, so that sort of helped your relationship with God a little bit. <laughs> and, um, and you just kept that... And it also helped you sort of plan your quickest route back to shore. And, um, and, and basically that's what I want to talk about. If you're, if you're sitting... And sometimes, you know, I'd be 300 or so metres out. It's a long way out at Johanna. And it wasn't that hard. It was my favourite spot to surf because it was always easy to get out. There's that many rips in between all the breaks. It was sort of like an escalator. You jump in and you're out there. Um, Torquay was a shocker. You had to paddle through all this shore breaks and, oh, it was terrible. So, um, so you'd get out there, but if you weren't careful, you'd find your there was always this current that would take you one way or the other, so you always had to line something up on the beach or on the horizon. And um, as we all probably know, that you can line, have a, some, a focal point in the distance, but if it's in the distance, you can still be a long way down the beach. I'm thinking, hang on, this isn't the break I want to be on. It was right up there. So you actually need a number of things to, to line up to keep in the right spot. And we're going to look at five beacons today, five things that we line up in our lives. 
But first of all, we need to, re we need to know where we want to line up with. We need to know what our purpose is. We need to know what the end goal is. And um, I'm sure we all want to make a difference in life. And Isaiah 61, uh, 61 and 3. And no, that's the wrong thing. Aha, you want to make a difference. Um, and God has called us to be different. In fact, he says, you know, we're to be, to be lights set on a hill for people to see. And that's a bit scary when you don't want to be seen. But we're called to make a difference. And we're called to be salt to make a difference. So um, Isaiah 61.3 says that we'll be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. How scary is that? That we're going to be, not that we're going to be trees, that's scary enough, but um, we're, we're to display God's splendor. We're to be an example. We're to be reflect God's goodness to others, to attract them uh, to God. So, you know, when we're, when we're thinking of where we want to be and where we're going, we're to honour God in what we do, to bring him honour. And um, not everything we do, I'm sure... I'm absolutely sure every one of us has done plenty to not honour God. But because of it, and, and we're told there in Philippians, uh, because I'm confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. You know, God doesn't ditch us because we make a mistake. He's going to keep on going. He's going to keep us on growing. And, um, and that's exciting. I think, whew, God hasn't thrown me out, uh, thrown me out yet just because I've made a blue. He's keeping on working. He's keeping on working on me. And, um, and it won't be complete until Christ returns. It's, it's a, an ongoing thing. God has a finished product for us and, um, and his goal is for us. So we need to align some beacons we need to align some things in our life to um if we if we're going to have that goal if we, and it's great to seek god and really say more specifically what what is it what is for me because every one of us is different in terms of god's assignment for us and what he's got for us to display his splendor and to honor him um i'm sure that that all went up how comes that not working? I haven't got this copy of the slides here. But anyway. Um, click it back. Keep clicking. Aha. Uh -huh. God's... <laughs> tricky. God's purpose... Um, is our destiny and uh, it's great to be able to spend time with God and really keep seeking him to make that clear because it becomes clearer as we go and focus on on uh, on actually what he's called us to do ah, there it is and um, you know Al Bernard says with no view of the future we've got no power in the present so it's what we're looking at that gives us power today it's where we focus our attention that gives us motivation. 
And the scripture tells us without a vision, people perish. And then another translation says without a revelation or a revelation from God, people will live carelessly. So it's really important that we seek God for his revelation for our lives. What is it? Where are we going? We're not just drifting around this world. Because if we just drift, we'll be like, you know, we'll end up on the wrong break. We'll end up sort of way down the beach and that's not where we wanted. And um, we'll get wiped out down there. So we need to be on, if we want to surf on God's break and we want to catch God's waves, then we need to uh, know which one it is. Somebody once said, it's, um, you can spend your whole career trying to climb the ladder just to find it's leaning on the wrong tree, the wrong building. And uh, so we need to know where we're heading. We need to know what that, that break is where God wants us. It's easy to get sidetracked and um, we need to have that clear purpose. There's a number of things that can help us align where we're going. And I remember paddling a canoe down at um, Peterborough and the river at Peterborough is, is wide. Well, it is when the tide's in, really wide. And um, you've got no idea. You're sitting on sort of water level. You think, I've got all this, I don't... You know, I can just sort of go anywhere here. And I'm paddling along there, and all of a sudden you see the, all the reeds sort of scraping under you. And you think, whoops, I'm, uh, I'm a bit shallow here. And you go a little bit, and it deepens, and oh, that's all right. And then you go, wander to the other side, and it's, you nearly sort of run aground again. And then you realise there's actually these beacons, these markers that you need to steer between. And there are beacons in our lives that help us from running aground that steer us down the middle of the channel as to where we're supposed to go and you pretty quickly realize that particularly if you're an aeroplane you're, you're a long way up and these days they just have automatic things in there they have their compass and if they follow their particular setting on their compass um, that's fine when there's no other currents that's fine when there's no wind blowing but they need something to compensate because they might have a 100-kilometre-hour wind going from one side. So obviously they don't, if they're aiming out here and the wind's blowing there pretty quickly, a couple of degrees, especially if you're going 1,000 kilometres, you can be a long way off where you want to go. It's a little bit like that with life. We don't have to be far off to end up a long way from where we wanted to go. And it becomes really, and it's really a gradual sort of a thing. So we need to align these beacons and um, I'll go to the next one. And we need to be aware of drift. So there are three things we're going to cover. We need to be clear of our purpose, which we talked about. We need to align these beacons, and we need to be aware of the drift. Because if we're not aware of the drift, uh, we can be looking at where we want to go and suddenly find we're way off course because either the currents have taken us there or there's all sorts of distractions. This is doing this again. So we've already covered that. And um, Proverbs there says, don't get sidetracked, keep your feet from following evil. Proverbs 3.6 says, in all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. So it's keeping on track is by acknowledging God. It's so easy to, uh, to miss that point and think, 
oh, well, I'll, um, I'll talk to God when I feel like it. Um, but all of a sudden we're off track and we, it's a bit late to, sometimes a lot of damage is done by the time we want to get back on it. That's what Al Bernard said. Don't know why this is doing this. Um, we're all we're well aware of this scripture from uh, Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 9 and 24. Do you not know that the race that all runners run, but only one gets the prize, run in such a way as to get the prize? What a great analogy of how the scripture tells us to, um, to run the race. What a great analogy it is to to focus on that prize as if if we don't run the race and we keep looking around at what everyone else is doing but we're told that we look at the finish line we look at where we're heading and we don't worry about we don't get distracted by it so everyone has to run their own race we're not running theirs so we don't look at around and say oh look what they're doing look what they're not doing we just look to what God's called us to do so if he's got something on your heart don't look around and say Oh, they're doing better than me. This is no good. Because everyone's got a different race to win, to run. Everyone competes in the, in the games, but goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but you do it to get a crown that will last forever. And so the worth, it's so worthwhile just for, to fulfil God's plan and purpose for us. Here we go again. Therefore, don't run like a man running aimlessly. Um, in other words, realise there's a purpose in what we do. It's, uh, if you've got a goal up front, just like when we, uh, we train to... I mean, to be honest, the months before I go to do the climb up Mount Bogong, I was out there every day and I was thinking, this is enough, and then I'd start jogging every day and I'd be doing all my exercises... I've come back from Mount Bogong back in uh, May and I haven't done that since. <laughs> and, uh, and that's exactly that. We need an out aim, we need a reason to keep us going or we can't become slack. We be get unfit and we can become spiritually unfit if we don't realise that we're out there um, training for something. And, um, and Paul talks about there training his body um, he beats, his, beats my body and make it a slave so that after I've preached to others, I myself not, may not be disqualified. So there's a training involved. And um, forgetting what is behind, I strain forward to what is ahead. It's talking about setting goals and a purpose. And... Um, You know, focused people don't live in the past. Focused people um, look to where they're going. And focused people look to the rewards rather than the difficulties. And uh, that's how Jesus coped. In uh, Hebrews 12 too, it says how he, he, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. We need to look to the joys set before us. We can go through all sorts of things. Um, and again, I think of the, the pain of cli climbing Mount Bogong. And I think the year before it was even worse, climbing the bluff with um, 17 kilos on my back. And I get back and my uh, losing my toenails and, and all the rest of it. And you, you don't sort of notice that at the time because you just think, I've got to get there. And then you've got to get back and it's 
after dark and you're relying on someone like Josh with a GPS to tell you where to go and then it drops out and you're not sure and <laughs> but you know it's this, it's it's not seeing where you're going it's that it's that forgetting what's behind forgetting about the pain and and looking to what you want to achieve that gets you there and life's like that life's not all easy there's stuff out there we wish we didn't have to go through um, but you know if we had it all easy we'd never grow if we had it all easy um, you'd come up against a tough time I think of growing trees in plantations and um, you know you cut down all the trees around some and all of a sudden the ones that are left blow over we all know they're not used to it they're not used to being able to handle that wind because they've had all the others protecting them sometimes we have to get out there and do it tough if we want to be strong and um, that's what makes it hard to let your kids grow up sometimes you just got to let them go and uh, and they'll get tough eventually So we need to stick with the beacons. And there's still all these things in our lives, but there's five beacons that we can line up. And the first one is his church. And uh, we just finished that great um, series on why church. And, you know, one of the primary things, there's a lot of reasons why church, and, and in the, um, certainly in the New Testament, but the main one we're given there when it says, don't forsake this meeting together, it's in Hebrews 10 and 25, it says... God has chosen us to work through the local church. Let us not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing. Let us encourage one another, and all the more as the day approaching. So the primary thing for church is to for encouragement, to encourage one another. My primary reason up here is to encourage you. I'm not here to tell you off. I'll be telling myself off first. Um, we're here to encourage one another. And in fact, just being together as an encouragement and and just coming together as an encouragement that's one of the beacons one of the things that helps keep us on track you know god can speak to us not necessarily through the god can speak to us even without slides um and um this must have died doesn't it? No, battery's still there there it is um so, and Paul also sent lots of letters to, you know, the local church of the time. There's a lot of local churches in, in uh, Ephesus and all those. And uh, he talks about lukewarmness. He talks about a whole lot of things to give us direction and encouragement. So the local church is, is one of them. The second one is... The second one is... Accountability. We need people around us to be accountable. And the scripture, one of the great verses talks about iron sharpening iron. We need other people to bounce things off. We need to be accountable so that, uh, you know, often if you're a long way from anyone you know, you're in the middle of town, and you think, I can do whatever I like because nobody knows. Guess what? We need to be accountable. Um, God knows, but we need people around us so that we are accountable, that we, we keep, to keep us on track. We need a personal time with God. And I reckon one of the most powerful things, the thing that's kept me going in the 
I, I became a Christian in 1966, so that's a few years ago now. But it was establishing that time with God. And, and I don't know where I'd be. If Sometimes it's a bit brief. In fact, a lot of the time it's a bit brief. Sometimes it might only be, you know, 15, 20 minutes. But it, at the start of the day, it just gets you on track. And, and I know that I need to spend a lot more time. I know that the busier I am, the more time I actually need to put aside to seek and hear from God. And, um, you know, if Jesus had to do that, he had to spend time with God. He'd go away for, for days. He'd go, he'd go up into the mountains to get away from people just so he could hear what, clearly what God wanted him to do. If he needed to do that, how much more do we need to get away? Not for God's benefit, but for ours. Because it takes that long sometimes. For You know, we've got that much stuff going around our heads. We actually need to time to put it all off and hear what he's got to say to us. And, um, and we, read, we read in the scriptures that, um, that to put in this, uh, John 1.8 says, Do not let the book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night. And it's meditating on God's word that we can really, he can just drop those things into us. It's not just what's written, but it's what he puts in our heart when we're spending that time with him. The... Uh, Interceding for others is, uh, is also another thing that keeps us on track. It, it, it means that we're not self-indulgent. We're thinking of outside ourselves. And uh, scripture in Philippians 2 and 4 says, Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. And it's an integral part. Interceding for others, looking to other people's interests. An integral part of keeping ourselves on track. There's nothing more than getting off track than just looking to myself and what I want to do because God has made us part of a body, a body of people, and uh, we to be connected. And um, it was one thing to, you know, to think of the body of Christ as around the world, but the analogy that Scripture gives us is the body, um, the hand is connected to the arm and the arm's connected to the body and so on you can't have that connection if you're a thousand kilometers away you might have a bit more connection now with the internet but when this was written you didn't uh, it was talking about the body of Christ and connecting and we need to keep moving forward um, we all know that it's very hard to steer a vehicle that's not moving and um, if it's in the one spot you can steer the wheels but it just stays there we need to keep moving forward. And keeping on moving forward, you know, Philippians 3, 14 says, I press on to the goal um, to win the prize for God which has called me heavenward. And unless we're moving forward, we're heading towards that goal, we're just staying still. And, you know, if I'm, if I'm back on the, on the, out the back of the surf and I want to get to the beach, there's no use just looking at it. I've got to start paddling. I've got to be moving there or I'll never get there. And um, in fact, you're more likely to drift off course while you're sitting there. Because, In fact, you find that all the time. You're sitting there and next thing you look up and think, I don't recognise that. <laughs> You've gone way down the beach because you just drift. Without realising it, you just drift. But if you're moving forward, you're heading towards it, it means you've got your eye on the goal. And it means you're heading in that direction. 
So we need to keep moving forward. Look, it applies to our business. It applies to our spiritual life. It applies to wherever we go. We've got to be moving forward. We know what happens to a puddle of water if there's nothing coming into it or going out of it. It just gets stagnant. It stinks. It stinks. I, um, the other day I had the excavator in and he'd come back to do a bit of work that he'd done before and it actually covered up. There's a whole lot of grassy stuff and he covered it up to make a, a crossing over this drain into where we're building the new nursery. Anyway, he, he pushed that out. The, the pipes were a bit crooked so I got him to dig it out to put them in again. And there's this shocking smell. And I'm standing there next to Scott and I think, do I say something? Is it him? And I'm thinking, no, nah, I don't think it smells like Scott. And it was the, the grass. He covered up some grass and it was rotten. It stunk. And it just gone, because it, it didn't have fresh air, it, it, and it, it, was a, it was a drain that I dug to put water in the, in the dam. And be, everything in there had just gone stagnant because he covered it up. So, you know, we can go stagnant, we can stink. No, we don't have a shower, we do. But um, we can go stagnant if we're not moving forward. We need, to be, we need to have a fresh vision and we need to be moving towards it. And, um, you know, God's able to direct us if we're moving. But if we're just sitting there waiting, he can't. And, you know, I, th- I, think of, I often think of Paul. And Paul was, Paul was moving. Paul was flat out persecuting Christians he was flat out trying to kill them but he was moving and he had a heart for God and guess what God could turn him around and he did I mean he took he had to blind him first and had to you know give him pretty much a hard time because he was going so far the wrong way but if God can turn Paul around for doing what he was doing he can turn you and I around so let's not be afraid let's not let be fear of doing the wrong thing cause us to freeze and do nothing because when we're doing nothing he finds it hard to direct us if he can turn Paul around let's be encouraged that if he can turn Paul around he can turn you and I around because we're not out there trying to kill Christians some people are he can turn he can convert some of those however you know the terrorists and everybody he can he can convert them if um if we pray we're at the power of Christ when we pray and we can do all sorts of things there let's keep moving forward if we're moving forward then we're growing and um, I just there's a few points here that I, I wrote in that I read it quite a few years ago my note here says it was in uh, 2006 so it was 10 years ago but you know gifting without growth produces ineffectiveness and Albert Schweitzer said the secret of success is to go through life as a person who never gets used up but how do you do that the answer lies in how you approach talent if you draw on your talent but never sharpen it you're headed for trouble because nobody is that talented but if you take time to sharpen your axe God can call on you at a moment's notice and I just love that quote if you take time to sharpen your axe you'll always be ready for God to use you that's just personal growth personal development in the things he's called us to do it's about moving forward it's about being ready ready for action and um, we've already talked about how growth stunts um, prevents stagnation if we're moving forward or we're growing in what we do 
And, um, and that happens uh, for spiritually in a lot of areas. And continual improvement guarantees success. Uh, the Tartar tribes of uh, Central a- Asia used to pronounce as a curse over their enemies. They didn't hurl words calling, their enemy, calling for their enemies' swords to rust or anything like that. They, all they said was, may you stand in one place forever. That was the biggest curse they could have. Stand in one place forever and, uh, and not move forward. I've got a feeling that this thing has missed a few. So we need to be, we need to, the third thing is we need to beware of drift. We've got those five things we can line up in our life, but particularly if we're standing still, we can drift. And uh, there's an enemy out there that wants to make sure we drift. He puts all sorts of currents in a way. And um, that's a powerful scripture there that make sure that the light you think you have is really not darkness. How can that be? If you think you've got light but it's actually dark, well, we need to find out whether it's just someone's opinion or whether it's fact. We need to base the light on the Word of God. And um, Scripture warns us about becoming lukewarm. And we often, we often think of, of that current, that's just a slow drift. Sitting out there in the sea, you, you're often not aware of it. You can't, like if it was in a rip, you can really see the current going. But often you can't, it's just a drift. And it's that drift that can take you places where you don't want to be. There's the, uh, from the songs uh, by Casting Crowns in Slow Fade, which we'll hear later, it says, people never crumble in a day. It's little bit by little bit, so that they don't even know. People never crumble in a day. And that applies to our relationships, whether it be for God or whether it be to our spouse or our friends. It never crumbles in a day. It's just little bit by little bit. It's such a slow fade that we often don't realise that all of a sudden what was white is then black. There's shades of grey just gradually come in. And it's a bit like weeds. If you ever look at your veggie patch and it's all nice and clean and all of a sudden one day there are weeds there, well, they didn't just come like overnight. They actually grew little bit by little bit you just didn't notice them until they were big you know life's like that the weeds in our life just creep in little bit by little bit and um you know as the the scriptures say the devil's like a prowling lion looking for someone to devour and um if you ever notice some of those documentaries and you see the lions hunting they always charge out until one of the antelope gets a little bit tired or splits off on its own and guess that's the one they go for the one that's on its own and um, you know God God wants us to be strong he wants us together but let's let's be hot from let's not be lukewarm let's not slowly become and slow fade um, you know, you can be walking along a bush track and all of a sudden you realise you're lost, but you didn't just suddenly become lost. You slowly got on the wrong track without realising it. And I remember 
many times as a kid, I'd go down the gully that was opposite our house and it was a lot of bush. There was, I don't know, there was a lot of kilometres of bush between us and Apollo Bay. And it was all right if you went down the first hill because you knew you just had to walk uphill and you'd be home. But if you went over the next hill, you think, how many hills did I cross? Because all you could see was trees around you. Um, I remember wandering around a lot, getting lost down there. Several hours later, you'd find the creek and follow the creek, which would go up to the next hill, and then you think, hang on, I'm not supposed to be two kilometres up the road, I'm supposed to be home. Um, and we all need wingmen, you know, we all need people on us looking out for us and, uh, and helping us, and we, we all need those marker boys down the channel to keep us from running aground so that if there is a drift we can keep on track so if we can just listen to that song now thanks and this is a great song by Casting Crowns and it really depicts it really depicts those things on YouTube and let's just remember that the slow fade that it, to stay in the channel, God's channel, that there's the church, the accountability, the personal time with God, considering others, and keep moving forward, and we'll alleviate some of this drift. <laughs> 